0: Then he then go on the radio again.
1: Yo, If you want to smoke free weed, go buy yourself. You need to go plant a
0: seed. Go buy yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go bud yourself. Go
2: buy yourself. Go bud yourself. You want to smoke.
0: Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number one twenty two of Grow Bud yourself. Yourself. We got a great show for you guys today. We have a special guest, Breeder Piff of Piff Coast Farms. We're going to be talking about that haze, that Poudet, that uh, Frankie's, uh, the Uptown, uh, all of that uh, legacy New York strains. Uh, We got a grow tip on drying and curing for connoisseurs, as well as answers to your listener grow questions. Uh, We're going to talk a little news and a lot more. So stick around. Episode number 122 is brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Excelsior Extracts, Prime Superior Inoculant, and Purple Rose Supply. Whether you're growing from seed or from clone, Prime Superior's simple, safe, and effective products can take your cultivation program to the next level. Prime Superior offers a two-step process that will benefit any garden. This is possible thanks to Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassiana, which is optimized for plants and sets up a symbiosis that increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Simply coat your seed to inoculate and aid rapid germination, or dip your clone cutting with the world's first biological cloning honey and improve growth the way nature intended. Next, continue maintenance on your crop with foliar or fog applications of Prime Superior's drench, which will boost your plant's growth and ensure a healthy harvest. Best of all, the drench will work with already established gardens, so anyone at any stage of growth can achieve a cleaner crop with better yields. I gotta tell you, I use this stuff myself, not just on my cannabis, but on houseplants as well, and everything has greened up. Everything is super healthy, whether it's the seed coating product, the cloning honey, which is incredible. The drench is absolutely great. It comes in a spray bottle, uh, pre mixed, so it's ready to be sprayed. This stuff is incredible. And I have literally noticed more cannabinoids and more terpenes. So it really is an amazing product. And now's the time to try Prime Superior. And the world's first biological cloning honey, Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com today to learn more. All right, welcome back. And thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible tune uh we are here it is episode number 122 Michael how are you
2: I'm doing good it's it's good to be back we we had a little uh time off we had some um some family issues we both actually surprisingly had family issues to to deal with but uh we we, we were able to get over that and now we're back
0: yeah yeah both our moms uh were both laid up uh in the hospital for a bit but both are back at it and uh doing their thing so uh Shout
2: out to our moms. (laughs) Shout out to your moms, too, at home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And hope, uh, you know, hope uh, everything is good with your moms as well. Uh, So like Mike said, uh, we took we had some time off here uh, because we were dealing with some issues. But uh, we are back. And here we are. It is that time of year, right, where everyone's harvesting and, uh, you know, hard at work uh drying trimming and uh you know enjoying the bounty of
2: uh of their gardens that's true yeah and to celebrate that and also just to celebrate our return to the podcast I I feel like we should give something away absolutely
0: absolutely and I want to give away uh these two uh mini rigs these are from MJ Arsenal um these are mini rigs for dabbers out there Um, They are glass mini rigs from MJ Arsenal. You can check it out at mjarsenal.com. I'm going to give one away to an existing Patreon supporter, one of our uh, 40-something or so supporters. I'm going to pick someone at random uh, from the existing Patreon supporters, and then I'm going to pick somebody else from new Patreon supporters. So anyone who joins our Patreon uh, after this episode airs, uh, will be eligible for one of these mini rigs as well. Um, these are awesome for you guys out there. If you're dabbers, these are great, um, uh, for traveling, you know, they're tiny. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but if you go on mjarsenal.com, uh, you'll see all these cool little mini rigs. Uh, again, I'm going to give one away to an existing Patreon supporter and, uh, one to a new Patreon supporter. And you have a high likelihood of, uh, of winning one if you do join our Patreon, because like I said, there's only you know 40 or so people on there now. Uh, and uh, yeah, anybody that's new will be eligible. So uh, hopefully you guys can support us. We do plan on adding a lot of new content uh, to that Patreon at the different levels. And you can join for just $4.20 a month. It would really go a long way uh, to supporting us and making sure that we keep putting out these shows in a timely manner. So thanks you guys and uh yeah sign up to our patreon for uh eligibility to win a mini rig from mj arsenal
2: Oh, that's awesome all right that's a good deal join the patreon uh, you get you get some free stuff for jo- well, i guess you you get stuff for joining the patreon and then uh, a chance to win this awesome mini rig so cool stuff and that that's a bit of a celebration of us returning to episode 122 here good shit
0: yeah, totally. And you, like Mike mentioned, you do get free stuff. Uh, well, like you said, you it's not hundred <laughs> percent free, but you get stuff for joining, and you get a copy of my book, uh, at a certain level signed and and sent to you. You get uh, nutrients and uh, gear from Sweetleaf and all kinds of cool stuff. So check us out at patreon.com slash Danny Danko to sign up. I hope you guys will join us over there. Uh, the more people that join, the more we're gonna interact. Uh, with that community. So thank you. Uh,
2: Patreon.com slash Danny Denko. Excellent. Yeah. Lots, lots of stuff to check out. But, um, but yeah, definitely get involved with our Patreon. Uh, get a chance to win one of those mini rigs. Do it today. Good stuff. Totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so what's in the news? I mean, I'm sure there's been a lot, uh, a lot of cannabis news uh, that's happened in the interim.
2: And you know, now that you mention it, there has been some cannabis news. So let's talk about that, I guess. Um, obviously we can't cover everything that was missed in the last couple of weeks, but, uh, let's hit on some of the, the more important, uh, stories that are out there. And, uh, the first one that really caught my eye was this FBI report. So essentially a new report from the FBI highlights the ongoing efforts by law enforcement to criminalize marijuana. However, the report also highlights serious issues with accurately gathering and reporting national crime data. So according to the FBI, cannabis accounted for a third of all drug arrests nationally. But that data comes from the Uniform Crime Reporting Program, and uh, tens of thousands of local law enforcement agencies from across the country, they submit arrest information to that reporting program. However, not all arrest data is submitted to that program, meaning that the FBI has to estimate a lot of the information that's included in their annual report. So, for example, the FBI estimates that 245,149 pot possession arrests and 22,699 busts for marijuana sales or manufacturing occurred last year. However, Those numbers are not consistent within the FBI's own report, as possession arrests are cited as 208,000, and sales arrests come in at 18,916 in different sections of the same report for 2022. What is unfortunately clear is that cannabis arrests accounted for roughly 27% of all drug-related arrests in 2022. That's essentially three out of every 10 drug busts and cannabis sales accounted for 2.5% of all drug arrests. So in a time when well over half the country has some level of legal or decriminalized cannabis, more people are being arrested for possessing marijuana than any other substance. The FBI report also found that Black people continue to be disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, as African Americans accounted for 27% of all drug arrests made in 2022, Despite making up just 13.6% of the country's population. Finally, the report indicated that cannabis is still quite popular with law enforcement, as officers just couldn't wait to get their hands on it. Of all drug seizures reported, or I guess estimated in this case, marijuana made up nearly half, 44% of all drug seizures. So that's nearly half a million marijuana seizures in 2022 alone. I mean, that is
0: just crazy it's insane to think that that many people are still being arrested for cannabis it's uh really outrageous and just needs to end
2: it does i agree and uh it doesn't seem like it's going to <laughs> okay well that was a little depressing but maybe we should do a uh, a more upbeat story here and uh let's go to ohio it feels like maybe forever ago that we last got together to discuss some pot news uh but Uh, we brought up Ohio's upcoming bid to join the ranks of legal cannabis states. Uh, Issue 2 is one of the most highly anticipated and contentious initiatives on the ballot this election day, as Ohio voters will have the opportunity to legalize adult-use marijuana while also establishing a retail market, allowing those 21 and older to purchase and possess up to 2.5 ounces of pot and 15 grams of concentrates, Uh, The proposal would also allow cultivation of up to six plants per person or 12 plants per household. And while this initiative faces heavy criticism, including from the governor who opposes legalization, a new poll offers hope for Ohioans who are backing pot. So according to this new survey, 57% of Ohio voters plan to vote yes on it on issue two, which would legalize cannabis. And while Republicans representing the state staunchly oppose the initiative, polling data indicates that a majority of Republican voters support the legalization measure. In all, more than 66% of Democrats, 59% of Independents, and just over 50% of Republicans support the initiative. The survey found majority support for Issue 2 among urban, suburban, and rural voters as well as among both male and female voters. Interestingly, the poll found a greater support for the legalization measure from parents rather than voters without children, as more than 70% of voters with kids plan to vote yes on issue two, compared to just over 52% of those without children. Uh, Black voters outpaced white voters in support of legalization 75 to 55%, according to the survey. And the only group with a, a uh, with a majority opposed to the legalization measure was self-identified conservatives. However, just 50.1% of them plan on voting against the ballot initiative. So very close there. Election officials anticipate a large turnout for an off year, and that's uh, due in large part to the Cannabis Legalization Initiative as well as a separate abortion rights measure, which the new poll also found majority support for. So if this latest survey proves accurate, uh, we could be welcoming Ohio to the legal cannabis ranks and polling certainly bodes well for this ballot initiative as a separate survey conducted in August found similar results reporting 55% of voters supported the legalization measure. So good news coming out of Ohio.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go Ohio. And uh, yeah, hopefully people will get out there and vote. Interesting stats too, like people with kids. Uh, supporting it that kind of goes against some of the propaganda that you know this is bad for the children and we got to protect the the children this is how you protect the children this is how you know every dispensary cards you at the door all in all legal states Um, any licensed uh, cannabis distributor wants to follow every rule (laughs) to a t they have compliance uh, people to make sure they do that so you know it's it's a it's a great thing and i hope that it passes in ohio if you're in ohio listening a vote for that it's got the home grow i hope uh it doesn't give all the power to you know the big corporations and the multi-state operators i hope that there's a a, a somewhat level playing field there where people you know the smaller people can compete and uh you know if not that you know you just got to keep pushing and make sure that that happens because it is important. And the home grow thing is great. You know, six plants is not a lot, but uh, it's something and you can grow bigger plants. And <laughs> uh, that's my recommendation there.
2: <laughs> and we'll teach you how. Absolutely. Um, so good stuff out of Ohio. Let's do one more. This is an odd one. Uh, we had to go to New Jersey real quick. So When it comes to marijuana law reform, it always seems to be one step forward and two steps back. And even as legalization kind of gains momentum across the country, we can't rest on our laurels as prohibitionists continue to try to chip away at our newfound freedoms. The latest example of such a ploy occurred in New Jersey or is occurring in New Jersey, where earlier this year, the state attorney general changed drug testing policy forbidding officers from being tested for off-duty cannabis consumption. That policy change allowed at least two Jersey City cops to get their jobs back after they were fired for testing positive for legally consuming THC. Now, Jersey City is suing the state in federal court for the right to drug test and fire police officers for using cannabis off-duty or otherwise. So the crux of this lawsuit comes down to Jersey City officials' belief that federal law trumps New Jersey's cannabis law, and they're asking a federal judge to overturn their own attorney general's THC testing policy. Jersey City is arguing that federal law doesn't allow people who use pot to own firearms or ammunition. Obviously, police officers would need both to do their jobs. Jersey City Mayor Stephen Fulop, who seems to be shamelessly using this issue to springboard his way into the governor race, stated that it's, quote, the same federal law that Hunter Biden was indicted under with regard to firearms. Uh, The president's son, of course, is facing charges for possessing a firearm while actively using cocaine. Mayor Fulop went on to point out that there is, quote, no way to confirm whether cannabis was used an hour, a day or a week before a shift. However, An exception to the federal prohibition of firearms and drugs states that such prohibitions do not apply with, quote, respect to possession of any firearm or ammunition issued for the use of the United States or any department or agency thereof, or any state or any department agency or political subdivision thereof. Clearly, a cop would be issued a gun and ammunition for use in a state department or agency. Of course, Different courts have ruled in different ways on this issue in the past, from upholding the federal ban in its entirety to declaring the ban unconstitutional. The truth is, every person possessing cannabis in every state that has legalized adult-use pot is technically breaking federal law, so it's long past time for federal legalization. But until then, prohibitionists will continue picking apart what individual states have painstakingly put together.
0: Yeah. It's lame. And I don't know where this, you know, the NRA is in, <laughs> in, you know, in support of all this, like, you know, every time they jump up and say, you know, they're, they're all for firearm, you know, law, you know, no restrictions and no laws against, uh, you know, far, no crackdowns on firearm use and all that. And then here's an obvious, you know, crackdown on cannabis users having firearms and, and not a peep. Yeah. From the NRA, right? You can take just... it out of my
2: cold, dead hands as long as I'm not using pot, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like a very arbitrary and weird reason not to allow someone to have a firearm when pretty much anyone can get their hands on a firearm these days. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big firearm guy, but, uh, you know, I do know that we have a Second Amendment and we have a right to firearms. And the fact that, you know, cannabis use gets somehow diminish that right is pretty stupid uh so that's where i stand on that one so
2: i mean man, it seems to me you know, but more... the, it's
0: these politicians like you said it's just people jumping on the bandwagon and using these as wedge issues uh to promote themselves and their agenda
2: yeah interestingly that full guy is actually a, a democrat so i'm a little surprised that he's going so hard on this issue but uh clearly he thinks that he gets some traction with it uh but I'm all for cops using pot off duty. I think that that's great. I think that that's going to, you know, maybe mellow some people out and change their perception of uh of of how they interact with other people who might be uh using pot. So sign me up for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are not your enemy pot head cops. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, that's a little bit of a look at what's going on in the world of cannabis but uh don't quit on us now because we have a really exciting interview coming up
0: absolutely uh someone i've wanted to talk to for a long time breeder piff of piff coast farms we have uh been at a lot of events a lot of the same seshes and events and cups and this and it's always got the fire haze and fire sours and All the stuff that we here in New York love, and I think, you know, the rest of the country loves as well. Um, Well, they either love it or hate it, (laughs) but we'll talk about all that uh, when we get back with our interview with Breeder Piff of Piff Coast Farms. We'd like to tell you about our latest sponsor, Purple Rose Supply. Purple Rose Supplies Kanagar Molds give you the tools you need to smoke more and roll less. Spending time rolling multiple joints can take a long time, preventing you from doing what you actually love. The solution? More smoking, less rolling, with a cannabis cigar that burns longer. So how does it work? Weed is compressed into the mold, with the skewer placed in the middle for airflow. Since the weed is tightly compressed, it leaves less space for air pockets in your roll, giving you a slower burn. Even with the smallest size Kanagar mold that holds one to two grams, you're getting more out of your grams in a Kanagar as opposed to a regular blunt since it burns way longer. And Purple Rose Supply offers mold sizes all the way up to 10 to 14 grams for when you have a larger group of friends. If you're a grower, canagars can also be a way to showcase the strains you grow and take your smoke experience to an entirely new level. Learn more at PurpleRoseSupply.com, follow them on Instagram at PurpleRoseSupply, and don't forget to use code GBY20 for 20% off your order. All right, welcome back, and we have a very special guest for you guys this week. Uh, Our guest is Breeder Piff, and he is from Piff Coast Farms. Uh, Welcome breeder piff to the show
1: hey danny thank you for having me on
0: absolutely now let's uh for people who don't know let's uh let's explain what is piff like where does the word piff come from
1: all right so piff is a specific kind of haze um if you grew up around the east coast anywhere from really florida to new york you would know um in the early 2000s piff was one of the biggest strains really out um one of the biggest ones you can get, you know, your hands on the best, some of the best weed at the time. But it, it's a specific kind of haze that carries a specific set of terpenes.
0: Right. And let's talk about the haze a bit, because obviously that's a specialty for sure. Uh, you have Piff Coast Farms, uh, which is uh, your brand, uh, but you also do uh, a competition as well, which is a, a Piff competition. Uh yes. Con. And PIFCon, yeah, which I have had the uh, the honor of being a judge uh, for PIFCON, which is pretty amazing because you get uh, a bunch of different entries uh, from uh, a bunch of different uh, local growers who all grow different haze uh, crosses and varieties. Uh, some that flower, uh, I think there was like two categories, one uh, which was like shorter than 70 days and one which was longer than 70 days. Uh, yep.
1: so we have the commercial grade piff which is under 75 day flowering time and then we have the con- connoisseur grade which is over 75
0: right and some really amazing uh hazes in that contest and let's talk about the haze I mean uh it's such a New York thing I remember you know even gr- growing up in Boston it wasn't really a big thing even up there uh mm-hmm. just a few hours away but then when I moved to New York in the 90s uh there was just all this talk about the haze, you know, it was like you went uptown, uh, you know, anywhere above like 125th street and mm-hmm. you could find haze. Uh, and it was such a unique kind of uh, different strain. I mean, everything was at that time, uh, there was a lot of sour diesel. There was a lot of uh, things like Sensi Star, a lot of, you know, Indica's uh Mm -hmm. that were you know they have bag appeal and they were strong and 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 potent but very different from uh you know the typical haze which I would say is is more from the sativa side and you know I've always felt like uh haze originally you know came came out of Florida right to New York uh and that was like the Cubans and the Dominicans in Florida growing a very specific uh NL five haze or something along those lines, a, a particular Fino is that would that be you, the same uh, experiences that you've had.
1: Yeah, so I mean the the history of Hayes travels all the way back to like the 60s with the Hayes brothers in Santa Cruz, California. Um, you know, so Hayes has been worked for a long time, it was this haze that we love the Piff haze, was created in 1989 by Neville Schoenmaker. maker. Um, he crossed the NL five with the haze, right? So he had two different haze males. Um, he had the haze a and the haze C. So the haze C to NL is the one that was really released commercially. And then the haze a to the NL was only really released very small, um, batch of seeds. So the story goes that there were some Cubans in Amsterdam and they went to, um, the cannabis castle and they got some of these nl5 haze a seeds from ed rosenthal and that they brought them back to miami and that this is where the piff was born um so there's a few different phenos back then but really the cuban black haze is the one that that stood the test of time um it can be grown anywhere from 90 to 120 days flower time um depending on how you do it um these guys With federal regulations back then, they used to grow like one huge plant per light, you know, to try to stay under the 100 plant, 100 plant count, which was what gave you federal time back then. So, you know, they would, they would run as many lights as they could, one, one big, huge plant per light, and they would kind of do it like that. So eventually, you know, New York is the biggest marketplace in the world for pretty much everything, cannabis included, so... They really found their niche in Washington Heights. Um, there's a lot of, there's a big uh, Dominican community there and they were move, bringing up, you know, the guys that grew, the Cubans that grew the haze in Florida, they were also selling cocaine. So that kind of just came up with the Coke and it became, you know, one of the biggest uh, strains of cannabis to ever, to ever be produced and enjoyed by it. so many people.
0: Yeah, a really unique sativa and as you mentioned a, a pretty long flowering time uh mm-hmm. um, grows fairly wispy as well, you know, not a huge yielder at least uh back then. Um people have yeah. sort of, you know, crossed crossed different things into the haze to 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 bulk it up a little bit over the years, but uh that original haze, I mean, uh so unique, very much like that smell, uh you know, they call it Piff, but they also called it uh Pude uh, yep. church I remember mm-hmm. people calling it uh Frankie. uh Frankie is like frankincense because it has a very unique smell that smells kind of like that that church kind of smell uh yeah. from the frankincense that they would burn uh the incense that would burn in, in a church yeah. and uh re- almost like a kelpie sort of smell to it too sometimes uh I think I depending it's like an old basement it can be cat
1: piss, old basement, old books. You know, it's a very distinct smell. If you know it, you know it, you know.
0: It's, yeah, very- it's kind of leathery, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the old yeah. book thing is like that leather. Yeah. Uh and I even noticed, you know, when judging the Pifcon that you had a lot of those kind of uh you know, descriptors for right. the different hazes in particular. I mean, cat piss and, you know, there's there's a whole segment of the population out there that actually doesn't like the haze, right? Like there's the haters <laughs> out there. You uh, know what it is? I think it's because
1: when you say haze in everywhere else in the world, they think terpenoline dominant jacks kind of haze. Um Only here is where we think this is our haze. So you would show this to somebody like say California and they wouldn't even know what it was. They wouldn't call this haze.
0: You know, right, right. They have a different version of haze, just like I would think, you know, uh, it's the same with sour. You know, it's like the, the sour we have here in New York is very different from something they would call sour in uh, northern California or, or or Canada, for instance. I remember being there and someone saying, oh, this is my sour diesel and, and it being nothing like <laughs> the sour that we know here. Uh, right. And that's another thing that you got, you know, that Piff Coast Farms is also uh, a, a specialty of yours out aside from just you know the haze and the the, the original piff uh is also the real sour uh yes. as well so you're really celebrating two of new york's uh famous exotics uh that we're, we're known for here right like i mean and, and and those are the ones uh that have like you mentioned also stood the test of time
1: exactly i mean what else do you need you got haze and you got sour diesel
0: you know yeah, you got the haze for for you know your daytime smoke, and then uh, at night you kind of just switch over to to some yep. sour. Um, and you know, let's let's talk a little bit about growing haze, like in particular, what are some of the uh, qualities or 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 techniques that you need to use in order to get the most out of of, of a haze plant?
1: All right, so with hazes, I would say um, less is more. You know. You can pump them up, but you really want to find your find your happy medium between so much um, you know so much plant material and then so much quality because the more you pump them up, the more plant material you'll get, the more biomass you'll get, but the the um, terps might be reduced. So definitely find your happy medium. Less is more on the nutrient side. Um, I say that. You know, despite them being a jungle sativa type plant, they really don't like high temperatures. Uh, Under high temperatures, they will grow more foxtaily, they will grow more wispy, and they'll take longer to finish. So if you run them in colder temps, then that's a a big um, advantage you have to getting them to finish faster and tighten up a bit. Um, Otherwise, I really like trellising, you know, trellising. Defoliating these hazes because they still grow huge buds all the way at the bottom of the plant. So you want to open that up airflow and light. Um, Yeah, trellis defoliate low temps. I like to kick the temps real low um, at nighttime for the last few weeks of flower to bring out any colors if you have them in the genetics. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's it pretty much.
0: And now with pith coast farms, you actually uh, you have a, a bunch of different crosses uh that are, are haze crosses can you talk a little bit about some of those uh particularly uh the harlem dreams and uh and some of the other ones that you have available for people to grow out if they, if they if they choose
1: yeah so all of our genetics are on pifcoastfarms.com but i'll take you back to kind of the beginning so we took the cuban black haze and we reversed that and made a feminized seed line And we hit a bunch of different stuff like all the other special hazes that we could get our hands on many things and one that really stood out in particular was the cross Harlem dreams, it was Cuban black haze crossed to blue dream. um, Santa Cruz blue dream, so this one it's still 90 days flowering time, but it really added bag appeal and some more density to the flower. um. You know, that's our, that's one of our staples. So we took that one and we reversed that one next to create our newest seed line. And, um, one that we just found that's really exciting is our Holy Communion. So during the time I was doing the Cuban black haze project, I also had a S generation like inbreed PIF project. So I have, um, so now we have our PIF S2 that we crossed to the Harlem dreams and this created the Holy Communion. So now we got all the piffiness from the Cuban Black Haze, right? We got the right terps. We got the color and bag appeal from the Harlem Dreams. And now we got the faster flowering time from the PIF S2 Inbred, which has been selected each generation for faster flowering. So we have a cut now that's done in 54 days. Um, it's, it smells just like it should, you know, it really delivers on that incense and piff essence, and, um, it can now be fit in with your tradition, like your newer style growing all these 60 day strains and keeping your five grows a year and, you know, keeping it within schedule. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more piff in the commercial market soon, you know, and that's kind of been our goal since, you know, from the beginning, um, because the main reason people stop growing haze, right, is because the flowering time is so long. If I can grow a plant in 60 days and get and get close to the same yield as I would a 90-day haze, and crop out and flip those packs, then I'm gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna. You know, a lot of people want to move faster and want to grow these faster flowering ones. So, one of our biggest goals from the from the beginning was to find a way to get this piff haze back into the market and get it. Um, to be produced again, you know? So that's what we're working on. Uh, The Holy Communion is what I'm gonna be reversing next for the next seed line. So it's gonna be a pretty much a whole line of fast flowering hazes. But if you need the faster ones now, you can probably find them in the uh, F1R, you know, holy communion seeds at PIFCosFarms.com. And we have a bunch of longer flowering varieties on there as well, you know, across to the Harlem dream, so.
0: Yeah. And, um, you're also at a lot of uh, the events here in New York. Um, you know, anytime I see, uh, that there's a, a sesh or any kind of thing going on, I I always see, uh, Pivcoast Farms, uh, representing there, uh, and showing the, showing people, uh, the real haze that you guys have and, and the sours, uh, and really repping the East coast. Uh, can you tell, tell me a little bit about like just your, your strategy as far as, uh, piff coast farms and 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 what you you know what you hope to accomplish and and you mentioned earlier spreading uh you know the 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 word of the piff and all of that but uh you know let's talk about your brand and 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 what you 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 set out to accomplish
1: well man you know i was um you know i always wanted to be a genetics company i always liked breeding cannabis so that was always a big thing for me um, I started doing these events um like 2017 or 18, and I was selling a lot of genetics and clones and the things have transformed. New York is legal now. So it's just now um, a lot of brand building and brand awareness. And um, we're going to be going for a license in New York eventually. Just got to uh, get our ducks in a row and hopefully they make it a little easier for legacy cultivators to to get in and get a license without having so much money up front and um you know and without needing any kind of investor you know and stuff like that so i'm gonna go for the micro license in november when they come out um and you know wish me luck with that but otherwise man we're just here brand building and just waiting for the right moment to take it to the next level man i would love to one day have a nice Amsterdam style Hayes coffee shop in in Manhattan you know
0: yeah absolutely I'm definitely looking forward to uh you know the consumption lounge scene uh when that comes around and particularly uh some New York centric uh strains and and vibes in general um now about the sour like how did you how did you get your version the the piff coast sour diesel how, how did you get that off the ground and uh and into people's hands
1: all right so um you know everybody has their cuts of sour right everyone has their story they've had this cut for 20 years they've had this cut for 30 years they promise it's the same one but it seems like every time i get one of those cuts and i grow it out i end up disappointed like it's just not as loud as it used to be maybe these cuts have viruses i'm not sure so <clears throat> What I ended up doing was I collected the cuts, every single cut I could find. AJ's cut, Chaco's cut, Res Dog's cut, J Plant Speaker's cut, Devil Harvest Crew's cut, um, Vermont Sour Diesel, Albany Sour Diesel, the list goes on, you know. I collected all these sours. I ended up popping some Sour Diesel seeds from Karma Genetics. He has a Sour Diesel BX2 line. Um that he's been working on, which is Biker Kush cross to Res Dog Sour Diesel IBL. And then before that, Res Dog uh, crossed the Sour Diesel to Soma's New York City Grapefruit to create that seed line. So it's been a long worked Sour Diesel line that I kind of tapped into. So what I did was I got a mail from Karma Sour BX2 and I hit all of these cuts, every single one I go find. I ended up doing a 200 seed Fino hunt and I picked out which one I liked the best that represented closest to the original sour diesel for me. And then um, I took that one and I bred that two more generations. We're at F2 now. The seeds are sold out, but we are working on F3 um, as we speak and we should have those ready to release by uh, before next spring, before next spring. So yeah, we're working on F3s of our sour now. Um, Out of the 200 seed hunt, I found uh, many different special ones, but I really picked mine because it has that sour taste. So if you know, like if you grew up smoking sour diesel, then you know, like it tasted so good. You could put the joint out as many times as you want, light it back up and it still tastes amazing. You know, Um, the only thing I think that my sour is missing still at this point is the, is the... Extreme loudness of the old school one, you know. Um, so we are still working, we're we're line breeding. I have another plant called grapefruit chem, which is obnoxiously loud. It's kind of like how the sour used to be, but it's very grapefruit dominant. I cross that one over to the sour to the PIFCO sour as well, um, to create the grapefruit sour. So we have the sour look, we have the loudness, it's still a little grapefruit dominant. So we're going to be using that as a back cross to make a back cross as well so not only are we doing the sour diesel line breeding f3 we're also going to be doing a bx1 with the grapefruit to try to bring back that loudness you know so we're um things are in motion and we're a few generations away from what i think is perfection but uh, we're getting there and that's kind of where we are now with the pifco sour
0: nice nice well uh let people know how they can find out more about uh piff Coast farms uh your seeds uh your flower and uh any kind of events that you guys are are involved in as well
1: okay um piffcoastfarms.com for all your information you can go to the about our strains menu if you want to read in the menu if you want to read more about our breeding practices and some of our strains um you can get your all your genetics there If you want to follow updates and everything you can follow us at piff coast farms on instagram, Um, you can also follow our backup page at piff coast uh, for event information for New York City, mainly. East coast stuff Um, we are at events all the time uh, and that's where you can catch us and you can get some uh, you can smell some flavors and, and stuff like that.
0: That's amazing. And uh, you mentioned, you know, the Harlem Dreams and the Piff Coast Sour, uh, but you've also got Midnight Mass, uh, Holy Communion that, that you mentioned, yep. uh, Black Line Dreams, Pioneer Piff, uh, Harlem River Haze, that sounds incredible, uh, yeah. Purple Poo Day, Uptown Purps as well, so people that are interested in in the more purple side of things. Uh, Yeah, so so, a lot of
1: these are, you know, different haze cuts that I've acquired from different crews that have been doing it, and I took them all, and I crossed, kind of like I did with the sour, um, I crossed all these different hazes that I've collected over the years and to my Harlem dreams, so that's kind of what you're seeing. Um, You got Anybody can always ask me questions specific on the strain if they have it, you can DM me on Instagram, I'm pretty open, and we're, you know, here to communicate and work, so let's do it.
0: Awesome. Well, breeder Piff, thank you so much uh for being on the show, uh letting people know about uh Piff Coast Farms and uh the amazing uh Hayes crosses and Sour crosses and everything that you've got going on. Uh I will I'm sure see you soon <laughs> at an event here uh in New York and uh look forward to the next Piffcon as well. It was it was a lot of fun to judge. I got a lot of uh a lot of things done that that <laughs> that two-week uh period uh smoking a lot of those hazes all day um so that was a blast and so thank you for uh for including me in that and thank you for being on the show
1: thank you man and any growers i hope you're gearing up for pifcon um the entries are going to be in by the end of february the event will be mid to late march we're still locking in a venue but once we do we will be dropping information on the at pifcon instagram so make sure everybody goes and follows that as well
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. We'll be back after these messages. All right, all you cannabis connoisseurs out there, we have a special announcement for you. SeedsHereNow.com is elevating October with deals that'll make your buds burst with joy. Autumn is here, and we're celebrating the harvest season with tons of incredible deals. Place an order this month, and Seeds Here Now's got you. For the month of October, every order secures a free S. Joe OG. That's a Femme uh, one-pack, and that's a garden game-changer right there. Plus, enjoy 20% off on all IRE Genetics seeds and grape-flavored strains all month long. And if you're tired of domestic shipping costs eating away at your grow budget, We've got you covered again. Simply use the code DankoShip, that's D-A-N-K-O-S-H-I-P, and you'll get free shipping with your order at SeedsHereNow.com, domestic shipping. Don't miss Seeds Here Now's pre-Halloween bash, October 24th, Halloween special, October 31st, and new strain reviews every day this month during our Croptober Chronicles series. So head over to seedsherenow.com, enter Danko SHIP, and let your garden flourish in style. Keep it green, nurture those dreams, and remember, with the right seeds and knowledge, you're always in for a bountiful harvest. Hey, all right, welcome back, and thank you to Breeder Piff uh, of Piff Coast Farms uh, for that Uh, amazing interview and you can check them out at piffcoastfarms.com here we are we're in the cultivation segment uh, and I don't believe we have a strain this fortnight so I think we're getting right into our grow topic which um, this episode I'd like to talk about drying and curing and specifically for connoisseurs because most people don't go through this process um, but home growers certainly can and should dry and cure their bud properly uh, and what I mean by a connoisseur properly is that cure too because you're not just drying um, and there's a difference between drying and curing, uh, which I'm going to talk about um and so first sort of I'm, at, I'm talking about why do this and why go through this process um and what it does is it really just makes the smoke taste, better uh burn better uh more flavorful and more subtle kind of nuances too to the taste because it re- it removes the grassy green chlorophyll taste um that you have with like fresh cannabis um and it takes that freshness away and it really uh brings out um the remaining terps there that are, that are present and you want to preserve uh, those gland heads—you want to preserve the terpenes, um, so it's important temperature-wise uh, when you're drying and curing, never to exceed seventy degrees. Um, so if you're drying and curing somewhere where it's really hot, um, definitely want to employ air conditioning in order to uh, to cool that down and slow that down. So uh, basically, it also—you know—it's situational uh, how long the dry takes, how long the cure takes, uh, unless you have really, really good climate control, uh, you know, it's going to be different when you're in Colorado than if you're in Northern California, uh, or if you're in Arizona versus, uh, you know, the the Northeast, um, depending on, you know, relative ambient, uh, humidity and temperature. So you really, what you want to do is get as close to 65 Degrees temperature wise, you know, 60 to 65 degrees, and about the same uh as far as percent of relative humidity, 60 um percent or so uh relative humidity as well. So uh and and you want to hang dry your plants. I like to hang dry them whole, uh just cut them off at the bottom, take off any lot of the larger fan leaves at that point, um, but leave all the rest of the leaves that are around the flower, I leave those on. Um, and I dry the plant whole, uh, and then basically after you, you want it to last at least seven days. Uh, if you can go seven to 10, uh, that's fine. Even if it takes a few extra days, that's actually okay. Especially if you have really big, thick, uh, colas, um, big buds are going to take a lot longer, uh, to dry than thinner, smaller buds. So Uh, but you want to aim for definitely more than seven days. If it takes, you know, four or five days, you're really going to seal in that grassy chlorophyll kind of feel to the, to the, uh, to the taste and, and, and everything. So what you really need to do if, you know, is basically just get it to seven to 10 days. Um, and then what you'll feel is that the buds will be dry on the outside. Now there's still a lot of moisture in the middle. I know we talk about this a lot, but, uh, it's, it's important and that's what we're curing Uh, Comes in because you've dried the outside, uh, but there's still a lot of moisture deep inside the flower. Um, The way you know basically when to transition from drying to curing is by snapping uh, the stem. So if the stem uh, snaps uh, instead of bending, you're you're ready to go. And you want to catch it right when it sort of starts to snap, not late in the game when it's really, really, really dry. You really want to catch it when there's still some moisture inside the flower but not uh so much that you know it's going to be too much so basically you've dried the outside of the flower now you're going to be curing in a glass jar and what i do between the the drying and curing is when i do the the secondary trim so the 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 first trim is just taking off those fan leaves any like larger leaves um that are sticking out uh then after you've hung dried um then taking uh, off the leaf that is uh, extraneous, that's sticking out. Uh, I I leave some of that leaf on, honestly, because I take it off before I grind up the flower later. It sort of just protects the trichomes for me. Uh, As a home grower, I think, you know, that's the best way to go in some cases, as long as, you know, you're committed to removing those uh, curly leaves that stick, you know, kind of uh, hug the bud. So there's that secondary trim uh, where you go in after the branches are dry and the buds are dry uh, and you're cutting off individual branches. I like to do this basically as individual branches and trim off all the extraneous leaf uh, that you choose to trim off at that point. Uh, Then cut the individual flowers uh, off and put them into glass jars, sealed glass jars. Uh, Now, like I say... Once you've sealed them up in the jar, you're going to want to go back in an hour or two and open up the jar and you'll notice that uh, the buds are are somehow already moistened again. That's the moisture from the middle being sweated out uh, because inside the jar, um, the humidity level will basically uh, even itself out. And so that's drawing that last moisture out of the middle of the flower through the outside of the flower. And that's the difference between drying and curing. That's curing. Uh, and that's really slowing down the dry and evening out the moisture within your flowers. Uh, and there's a chemical process also going on inside the jar where, you know, as that flower ages and sort of the moisture is released, uh, those, those trichomes are losing moisture as well. And, the, and, and so it's becoming more flavorful, easier, properly dried and cured, bud will grind up nicely. Uh, will burn really cleanly if you've flushed properly it'll be a nice clean white ash and it'll taste great it'll be the expression of the terpenes in the flower so you know people ask about humidity levels for curing I would say you know typically people talk about 62 62 62.5 as basically like the curing level that you want inside that jar Um, you can go lower than that. You know, I'd go 50 to 60, basically. That's pretty much good. Uh, some people will use Boveda packs and different kinds of ways to keep that moisture. But if you keep the jar sealed, uh, and just take out flour as necessary, uh, you can have that, you know, cured flour good to go for up to like a year, in some cases longer. Uh, if you want to really do the deep cure, uh, you put them in the jars and just don't open the jar for a long, long time. And, you know, that's experimental, though, because you, you know, when you do end up opening up the jar, if you put it in there too moist, you can end up with uh, that, you know, almost like composting, like where uh, the bud has um, was has rotted because there was too much moisture and you get an ammonia smell, or very off putting smell, and you don't want to smoke that flower either. So when the experiment goes wrong, you'll know it'll smell bad uh and if you put it in to cure to dry uh basically you know whatever moisture is left will even itself out so it's still a good idea to do that even if the flowers are too are, are bone dry uh, but you're not gonna really get a proper cure so there's a delicate balance uh and really that's what home growers really try to dial in just by putting buds in jars and, and letting them uh letting them cure inside the jar. And then once they're cured, like I said, you just keep them stored in the jar. Don't put it in the fridge or the freezer. Uh, Just keep it in a cool, dark place and you'll be good to go.
2: All right, very good. Excellent grow tip here on episode 122. And uh, now it's time for my favorite part of the show where we answer some questions from our listeners. And if you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. You can email us, that is info at growbudyourself.com. And what do you say we hop right in? Let's do it. Okay, well, let's start out with D-Man. And he writes, hey, dudes, I live in the central valley of Cali. Outdoor cultivation is prohibited. Hmm. Uh, with the DEA making changes to the CBD law, making it legal for seeds and clones with no THC. If the law were to get hinky with an outdoor grow, could you use the new rule argument? It sucks to live in a conservative area. Interesting. uh, In in the Central Valley in California. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that uh,
0: outdoor cultivation is prohibited in a place where, where, you know, the breadbasket of America is that like a
2: water concern? I I'm, i don't understand. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm not sure either. But again, uh, I think what he's asking is if he if he's growing outdoors, and he's got plants with high THC, and he gets busted, can he use the CBD argument to say that what he was doing was legal? And I don't know, I mean, I think no, I mean, I think if they test the plants and the plants test, you know, high in THC, then uh, you know, you can't make that argument that, hey, I was growing hemp or, or you know, high CBD flower with no THC, which is what's allowed. So I don't think that there's a loophole there. I mean, I think if they're going to go to the extent of busting you, they're probably going to go to the extent of of testing the flower. And if they do that, and it's got a t- uh, high level of THC, I don't think that you can make the argument that it's, it's hemp or CBD or, or that you thought it was. So, yeah, again, it sucks. But uh, if you're growing, you know, five or six plants, I honestly don't think, uh, you know, it's worth their trouble for the most part. I mean, you'd really have to rile them up pretty bad to get busted for for a small personal home grow. Uh, but I also don't recommend breaking the law. Um, if you can get a medical card and maybe that's a loophole to do it, I'm not sure. But uh, good luck, D-Man. And thanks oh. for listening.
2: Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks, D-Man. Sorry we don't have uh, better news for you there. Let's move on to SMG, which I believe is a Southern Motorway grower. And he writes, hello from the other side of the pond, gents. Uh, I grow in a small one by one meter tent. Now, we don't have the metric system here, but I'm pretty sure that's the size of uh, an Olympic swimming pool, right? <laughs> no, it's like three by three feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I grow in a a small one-by-one-meter tent, and recently my indoor grows did not go to plan due to taking my eye off the ball and making silly mistakes due to having an increased work schedule. I have since sterilized and reset my tent. I love trying new strains, and I'm thinking of doing a micro-grow. Do you have any advice in this type of grow technique? Many thanks, uh, guys, for all the hard work that goes into making the podcasts. So, yeah, what would you say here to our old friend SMG?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, first off, I would say you need to get your priorities straight <laughs> because uh, increased work schedule is is no excuse for, uh, you know, taking your eye off the ball with the with your grow. Damn. Uh, All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but what I would say is it's a good thing that you've sterilized your tent uh, and you're ready to go. And if you want to do uh, micro growing, I would say, you know, do some research on uh, low stress training and uh, high stress training, basically, meaning uh, ways to train the plants where you're just bending branches and, and things like that rather than topping and pruning and and cutting. Uh, that's low stress. And then high stress is, you know, topping, cutting, uh, shaping the plant, things like, uh, you know, lollipopping, uh, schwazing, where you're you're leafing at uh, certain, you know, strategic times during flowering period. Um, the important thing to keeping a plant short and stocky is tr- don't let the plant stretch. So keep the lights low uh, on the plant and start training early uh because yeah you know the plant continues to grow and it's always growing towards the light source so anything you can do uh bending uh pruning uh shaping the plant there's manifold technique where it's almost like a menorah kind of manifold system that people do uh there's so many different ways uh a screen of green uh is another one where you have a level canopy and you just keep bending the branches into the different uh holes in the in the screen there uh, lots of different ways to do micro growing. Uh, you certainly would want to go with strains that are, are specific for that kind of activity, meaning you don't want to use autos or anything that's going to start flowering automatically. Uh, you want strains probably that are more on the indica dominant side, uh, shorter, stockier strains, um, rather than, you know, stretchy sativas. Although, you know, it is a good technique with stretchy sativas to, to use uh, a lot of training and and things like that. So uh yeah i mean that's my advice for micro growing and uh you know just get in there at least once a day and make sure uh to ch- check things out to, so that you're not making uh, any mistakes any silly mistakes as you mentioned as you as you said and uh thanks for listening and thanks for your support because uh we get a lot of uh questions and and input from you guys and that's great uh smg
2: Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you. And uh, keep on listening from the other side of the pond. Let's move on to uh, Willie. Willie writes, uh, hi, guys, big fan of the show. So I have a couple questions. First, have you ever heard of or used colloidal silver to spray plants to treat diseases? And also, have you ever used tomato feed for the flowering period? And would you recommend it? Thanks for the content you put out. Please don't stop. Uh, kind regards what would you say here to uh willie uh
0: yeah well thank you uh for your input as well willie uh, we are not going to stop we're going to keep uh putting out content so appreciate that uh yeah as far as colloidal silver uh I'm, I'm i'm a little freaked out by it to be honest because i've seen those pictures of people that turn purple <laughs> from using it uh and i don't know about spraying plants to treat diseases but i do know that people use colloidal silver Uh, when they're trying to create feminized seeds. So what they use is the colloidal silver and they spray it onto a female plant in order to stress that plant out so much that it will induce uh, hermaphrodism, meaning the plant will grow a male flower uh, within the female flower uh, and self-pollinate itself. Now, that's not male pollen, so to speak. It's a female flowers version of what male pollen is. This is how uh, feminized seeds are created because when you self a plant like that, um, the resulting seeds are going to be half female, half hermaphrodite. And then, you know, as a breeder, you would choose the, the ones that are females and not the hermaphrodites to continue breeding with in order to isolate that feminine, feminine trait in those self plants. So that's the S1 uh, hybrid when when you force a plant to uh, become a hermaphrodite and then use its own pollen on its flower. Uh, but I, So I've heard of colloidal silver and among other things being used to do that. I've never really heard about it for treating diseases. I'm going to look into that. Like I said, I'm a little freaked out by it because it turns people purple. I think that people, when people were drinking it or there was some kind of a, a, cra- a colloidal silver craze at some point that uh, I don't know. It's like the, I, I wasn't the Tide
2: Pod it. thing or like, why I don't would know you drink it? The,
0: I don't know. There was something about it that people were like into it. And then <laughs> some people, I guess, went overboard. You know, I don't know. But usually when those type of things come about, it's it's, you know, it's some type of conspiracy, um, you know, or some kind of miracle <laughs> thing that's going to solve all the problems. And I just don't see it that way. So I would steer clear of colloidal silver as far as tomato feed for flowering plants if you're in a pinch, it's, you know, it's got, uh, it's got similar things that you need for cannabis, but it's formulated for flower for, for tomatoes. So I would only do that if I had no other options, as far as using tomato feed for, for, for cannabis plants, I I would rather go with cannabis specific nutrients or, uh, you know, dial them in the way I want to for my cannabis. Meaning if I was growing in living soil. I would want to use um, compost teas and things that I created in order to keep that soil alive and and benefit it uh, with bacteria and fungus and all those things. So I wouldn't necessarily use tomato feed for uh, cannabis flowers only if I I really absolutely had to. Uh, There was no other options and I was in the middle of nowhere. So uh, I
2: wouldn't really recommend it. All right. Makes sense. Thanks a lot, Willie. Uh, Let's do one more here. Uh, This comes from Dawn, who writes, Hey, guys. uh, I live in Maryland, and I'm learning my way through my first grow, and I have a question about one of my plants. My seeds came from a giveaway, so I don't know anything about the genetics of the plant. Is there a reason that the leaves would overlap other than a genetic mutation? All of my plants are recovering from a pH issue but the other plants do not have overlapping leaves. Thanks for your help. Listening to your podcast has been super helpful. Thanks for your commitment to helping novices like myself figure out the wonderful world of growing for ourselves. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, what would you say here to Dawn?
0: Yeah, I mean, it does sound like uh, either a genetic mutation or a reaction to stress. I mean, sometimes plants do react in weird ways. I mentioned uh hermaphrodism that's some a way that plants react uh overlapping leaves could also be uh you know a stress reaction uh but if it's only happening to certain genetics then it makes me feel like it's probably a some kind of a genetic mutation uh so I appreciate the support I'm glad uh you like the show and I hope that helps but uh you know I would say There's really no benefit to having overlapping leaves, Um, and I would probably end up getting rid of any plants that had that, uh, and continue growing the ones that don't have that because it is either a genetic mutation or uh, a serious reaction to stress. Meaning, like you said, you had a uh, plant's recovering from a pH issue, Uh, and even though not all of them had that, uh, it could just be that certain those certain genetics were weaker in responding to that pH issue uh, and responded by having this weird overlapping leaf situation.
2: All right. Uh, very good. Thank you, Don. Thanks for your support. Keep on listening. Thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. Um, if you have a question you would like answered, get in touch with us. The email is info at com. You could also get us on the socials. We're on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and all over the place. And uh, stick around if if you are a Patreon uh, supporter, join us there. We're gonna do another question about flushing. Uh, But for now, how about we take a little break, come back and wrap this one up? Let's do it.
0: If you're a grower, or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S U I T E L E A F.com. The code DANCO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients, as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, You'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DENKO15. All right, welcome back. This is the wrap. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for sticking around. Um, Thank you for listening to episode number 122. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Windstrong. Thank you to Mike for coming with all the the timely news uh, and production. Thank you to Breeder Piff of Piff Coast Farms. Check them out. Uh, Some of the amazing genetics, Harlem Dreams, Purple Poo Day, Piff Coast Sour Diesel, and much more. Uh, over there so check them out Uh, breeder piff piff coast farms Uh, all of our advertisers we love you guys thank you for sticking with us seeds here now Uh, the code there is danko ship for free domestic shipping on all orders and they have uh, specials running all the time Uh, breeder specials of the month and all kinds of stuff so check them out for your seed needs purple rose supply Uh, make your own blunts use the code gby 20 for 20% off at purple rose supply. Thank you for your support. Uh, sweet leaf plant nutrients, always the best, uh, use code Denko 15 for 15% off. Join our Patreon for even more up to 25% off, uh, sweet leaf plant nutrients. If you join our Patreon, uh, prime superior inoculants, use the code PS420 for 15% off on prime superior inoculant, an amazing, uh, addition to your growing regime and excelsior extracts we love you guys we love you tommy rip uh, elaine um check them out on instagram give them a follow uh always great people with great weed um and thanks to you guys again for listening uh remember vapor.com uh our code there uh, grow bud yourself 20 for 20 percent off all your vaporizer needs all your rolling papers trays uh, pretty much everything, actually. If you check out vapor.com, uh, they have so much uh, stuff. Uh, and if you order it with our code, uh, that's amazing. You're going to get 20% off, which I don't think you can find pretty regularly. You can find 15, but not 20. So uh, 20% off on Puffco, you know, peaks, on uh, stores and pickle products, on pr- anything that's out there um, that's available at vapor.com. You're going to get 20% off using our code. So please, uh check them out as well uh i think that's a wrap but you know i think uh i just want to say thanks for sticking with us you know we're trying to be consistent but it's tough and uh the more you guys support us the more we want to do that so please join our patreon patreon.com slash danny Denko. uh you're going to win you have the potential to win a mini rig from mj arsenal if you join now uh And I will be picking someone who joins now and one of our existing Patreon people to receive one of those mini rigs. So uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Mike. And uh, there it is. Episode 122. Let's put it in the books.